It's the Boxed Out Podcast, episode 17. I'm Harry Worth, and unfortunately, I ran into mic issues this episode, but it's an absolute banger, so we're not re-recording it, but just bear with us. I hope it's fine. As always, it's Jack McDonald. Here we are. Here I am. Here you are. And here's our Twitter, at Boxed Out Pod. Give us a follow. We are trying, we're trying to tweet stuff, but... We haven't really um, gone into the full swing of things yet, but hey, it's there. Give us a follow. Um, more to come. More to come. How are you going, Harry? I'm good, bro. I'm doing good. Um, lots going on. Um, been a couple of weeks since we've spoken, and just reflecting on what we said last year, we, we clearly got a couple of things wrong. Um, I think we both picked Sacramento and Philly, to take two seed and it's looking like Boston has secured things up there. Same with Memphis. Um, so I guess we're just going to have to take that on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. But things are still pretty wild in these standings. It's really um, keeping us guessing, making lots of games important. Um, Teams that we thought were out of it have won a few in a row. And I think what I'd like to start off with is the New Orleans Pelicans because they'd wrapped off five in a row. They'd beaten some, you know, not so hot teams and you know, the Rockets and Charlotte and teams like that, Orlando. Um, Good game against the Warriors today. They were up um, 63-46 at halftime. Steph Curry enters the chat. Pulls off uh, 74-46 second half. And the Warriors, who were looking like, you know, they were the eight seed. New Orleans had, you know, overtaken them at seven. But the Warriors win that game. Steph drops 39-8-8, eight, eight, eight three-pointers, puts them back into six, and the Pallies have a real tough schedule coming up. Yeah. What do we think? Well, I don't know, man. The Pelicans have been my favorite team um, to wake up and see as the eight seed. Like every day you wake up and there's a new team that's the eight <laughs> seed. It's, it's great fun. Like we've had the Mavs, we've had the Warriors – the Wolves, the Pelicans, the Lakers, the Thunder, like all of them at some point in the last couple of weeks have been the eight seed. So I, I don't know. I just love that. It's fun. And it just goes to show how, I mean, how unpredictable things are. Um, but the Pelicans, um, yeah, it's it's going to be rough going forward for them. Um, they haven't really shown many signs of life, uh, even with this win streak the teams they've played it's it's like i know those are wins but should we really count those as wins um yeah so just just looking at it it's the rockets the spurs the hornets the clippers and then the blazers so yeah. um hey i mean congrats on beating the clippers but the rest of those teams are i think purposely trying to lose at this point and have been for a while <laughs> um yeah look man i still think they're gonna fall out of the play-in um i think they're going to end up in 11 yeah the pelicans um and i 
don't think they're going to go anywhere until they get their best player back who has shown no signs of coming back. Mm. Um, yeah, they're in a tough spot, but it's just you're not going anywhere without Zion. No, I, I agree. And yeah, so their, their remaining six games, they've got the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Kings, the Knicks, the Clippers again, and the Timberwolves. Um, some tough teams there. That's the top three in the West, plus the Knicks, and then two huge games against the Clippers and the, um, the Wolves. Um, yeah, I, I'm not not too confident in them anymore either. I know I was very hot on them to start the season and midway through the season when they were looking good. Um, I'm interested on this from the, the Golden State point of view. Um, I think this team have a penchant to get down early. They have for a long time. That's sort of been what the Warriors have done. And they've relied on those heavy third quarters. Possibly they're showing they've still got that, or at least you know having Steph Curry on your team, along with those other guys, means that every now and again they are going to explode for a big quarter or two. Will it be enough for a deep playoff run? I don't know, especially without Andrew Wiggins. How late are they going to leave it? <laughs> yeah well, like seriously they i've like I, I have been saying for quite a while like they came right last season they'll come right this season and once once i see that then i can make a proper judgment on them um there's like seven games left they yeah, they've got five games left. <laughs> there you go they've got five games left um we're not I, I I'm still I still don't know how how to judge this team. Um, obviously Steph Curry, greatness, he's amazing. We know that. Andrew Wiggins, he's been gone for a while. We don't really know why, personal reasons, but I think he's kind of key to this team's defense. Mm-hmm. Um, missing him hurts, but like really, I I I don't have much to say about them until until it clicks and if it doesn't click then then they're just going to be a standard six seed that you see every year that doesn't really do much um yeah i don't know if that would be a standard six seed because you're a six seed that's like one four championships in however many years six years um seven years yeah i mean like even then but why why have they not shown that this season yeah yeah they haven't it has been a a messy season. Um, there's there's been nothing at all to prove to anyone that they are a championship caliber team. I know what they've done and I know who they are, but you got to judge it season by season. And if they're still, you know, they've, they've only got nine wins on the road all season. That's the fourth yeah, worst in the league. Yeah, and they're relying on some guys um, that most contending teams wouldn't be. Um, relying on um, play big minutes. Um, Kaminga's been playing a lot more minutes lately and been playing, you know, pretty well. It's it's kind of a shame that he hasn't been unleashed earlier in the season um, and, you know, that he's getting these reps in so late. But, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. It'll well, be interesting. I mean, that Kaminga not playing more probably points to exactly how we're feeling right now where we're waiting for them to turn it on. And the Warriors have probably been waiting too long 
to let Kaminga have a go because they've yeah. been waiting for the normal starters to turn it on. But yeah. now Wiggins has been out for so long. They need they need a wick and Kaminga's mm-hmm. that guy. And like what <laughs> this this should have been happening earlier in the season, so he's ready to go in the playoffs. But yep. uh, uh, I don't know. It's just a I, weird approach. And I know they can beat anyone. And I know they're, like, they're a six seed, but they're not going to have the odds of a six seed to win the title. I know they can do it, but you really would like to see some sort of indication that they can turn it on just mm-hmm. for the last six months, you know? Yeah. yeah, I've seen a couple of things flying around out there that perhaps they don't really want to get the fifth seed because that means Phoenix in the first round. and like. I, I get it, KD is scary. Because um, that loss the other day, um, segueing into the Timberwolves here, that loss to the Wolves was pretty bad. Mm. Um, they were up quite a bit at the end of the game there. Um, Steph Curry drives into traffic, does one of his um, Paddington over-the-shoulder over passes, um puts Draymond in a bit of a tough position because he's outside the three-point line with defenders running at him, so Draymond tries to flick it back to him. Um, who was it that stole the ball? Was it Kyle Anderson? Um, or McDaniels, possibly, I think McDaniels. Anyway, the Wolves get a steal. Carl Anthony Towns, congi- transition three-pointer. The Wolves absolutely steal that that game. And they have surged um, all the way up to seven. Um <laughs> Huge. What a surge. What a surge. <laughs> um, four in a row. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is back. Conley is in the mix. Um, sort of unleashing a bit of bit more from Gobert. What are we seeing from the Wolves? Conley is better than D'Angelo Russell, and I will die on that hill. He is better for this team. For this team, for sure. Yeah. I think for, for any team, really. Um, but you'd much rather have Conley here. A, because... He's a better passer, a better defender, more efficient shooter. But also, he's played with Gobert for how long? Like, yeah. that's chemistry right there that... Gobert D-Lo- needs quite... Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> he, ne- he, he needs his training wheels, and he needs a helping hand. So Conley, Conley can give that to him and throw him some nice succulent lobs to throw down. But seriously, Conley is is good. And when you have a scorer like Ant on this team, and you have a scorer like Towns on this team, you don't need D'Lo to be chucking up these shots. Anyway, that been and gone, D'Lo's off the team. Conley's been good for them. And McDaniels, oh my goodness, man. This dude is an absolute menace, bro. If he doesn't make an uh, All-NBA defensive team, something wrong with the league. I think he'll be there. He has to be, man. He absolutely has to be. He's incredible. And Ant is no slouch either on that end. They've, I think they've got the makings of a team you don't want to see in the first round. Like, they are they are very scrappy. They play hard. And they've As got a Nuggets the, fan, would you want to see them? Um, depends what the alternatives are. All right, are. well, let's, let's just... Hypothetical. Let's take a take a trip in hypothetical lane here. Yes. So the Nuggets are going to face the eight seed. Correct. Let's let's say the potential teams in the eight seed are probably one of the Timberwolves, the Pelicans, the Lakers, the Thunder, and the Cavaliers. Yeah. So 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 who who would you want to face the most there from 
um, want to face them the most to scared of them? Um, well, I'll start with scared of. Honestly, two of the teams that I'm most scared of out of any team in the league are the Timberwolves and the Lakers. Because the Timberwolves have the Nuggets number. They they always seem to beat us. So I think I'd have those tied number one. But um, outside of that, like the Mavs, I'm not... I'm, the Mavs are not good. They yeah. they will not they will not win their first round series. They are dreadful. No. So not them. Thunder. I mean, Shea is awesome, but is he awesome enough to win four games in Denver? Mm, probably not. What I mean. I mean, he, again, he could win, yeah. win you two games. Win you a game or two for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't Jamal know. Jamal Murray on the wing. <laughs> huh? He would just call ISOs on Jamal Murray all game. Bring bring Jokic up. Drive into the paint. But, uh, that's that's why I'm scared of him, man. He's he's <laughs> bloody awesome. Yeah, and so the first Pelicans team All are... NBA. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get to that soon. But, um, soon. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think they've got the makings of a good team. And if a if a series between them and the Grizzlies or the Kings went to seven, I would not be surprised. Really, with with everyone healthy. Um, as much as we crap on Gobert. It's, it's there's better players around him, and he doesn't have to do that much. Yeah, I'm still not buying it personally. Um, I've made it pretty pretty known that you know I'm not the biggest biggest cat fan or the biggest Gobert fan. Them together, um, yeah, not not too sure. But I, I suppose um, their defense is looking a little bit better. Um, cats running around screens a bit more, which is good. Probably, you know, I, w- I wonder how much value there has been because he's missed four months, right? So he's been on the sidelines watching Gobert up close for four months. I wonder if there's been, you know, any value there for him and being able to see like where Gobert likes to be on defense, where he likes to be on offense, where he likes to catch the ball, the sorts of routes he runs, and whether that's allowed him to actually get a different perspective to figure out where he needs to be. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think that would hurt. I think it probably would be better to be yeah, doing be that playing. in person, but I, you can probably dedicate more time to doing that when you're on the sidelines. So I I, I think that probably helps a bit. Um, but fundamentally, they just don't mesh very well. Yeah. Um, and that's no amount of film study or playing with um, will, like, get you past that. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I just don't know if Cat's the sort of guy that would notice that those sorts of things while he's trying to get his own stats, because mm. I don't know. He's made a couple. Of, we've we've heard some sound bites in the past where he's, you know, he's aware of his stats and he's aware that he wants to be an all star and and all of that. And I just I, I do wonder if, um, not you know removing those, that factor um, would help him see what Gobert brings. But anyway, um, moving on. We talked about the Nuggets there briefly, and I think that's where we need to finally get into a really big storyline over the past um, couple of days. The Nuggets and Sixers, Jokic and Embiid. What's your thoughts on Mr. Embiid ducking the Nuggets yesterday? Do you want to know my thoughts? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, 
I think it is a pretty cowardly move, to be honest. Um, and Bede's going to tweet about you. Luckily, we can respond. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on the Twitter. We will be responding to Joel and Bede when he tweets at us after listening to this pod. Um, okay. No, to, okay. It was very disappointing. Um, I, <laughs> without sounding like a complete nerd, I had not circled this game on the calendar, but I've been well aware of it for quite some time now. Um, and I was really looking forward to watching it because it's two of the best guys in the league this season going at each other. And we know what happened last time they played. And Bede yeah. had an absolute monster yeah, it was like of a game. Or and that was the day where he started getting MVP, like serious MVP consideration being the guy. Mm. And I, to be honest, I, I just wanted to see it. I wanted to see these two great teams match up. These two great players who play the same position guarding each other going at each other on offense. I just wanted to see it. Um, and for that to get ruled out on the day of the game, because Embiid has calf soreness, missing his first game since January, I I don't like it, man. I don't like it. And if it's his decision, that's a cowardly move. And if it's the mm. front officer's decision, they're not putting their guy in the best position to win an award he's clearly gunning for. Yeah, and he hasn't played in Denver since 2019, eh? He's missed that... seven in a row in Denver. Yeah. It's conspicuous. Incredibly. Sure. It's very, very incredible timing for him to get calf yeah. soreness on this day in this game. Mm. It has created uh, a frenzy. Um I did say to you in the group chat halfway through, I was like, well, the Nuggets really do need to win this game. And what what was what were they up? 110-91. And all of a sudden, they were only up three with a couple minutes left. And um, Yeah, well, they, thank, they God, the, thank yeah. God almost losses aren't in the, uh, in <laughs> Ex- the stat sheet. Exactly. exactly. Um, something that gets me with Embiid. So he did that interview with Shams, right? So speaks to Shams. They air it before the game. Great. Amazing, amazing timing there. He's vocal about this stuff. Like you said, he's gunning for it. Um, and a quote, I'm going to read it out um, from Joel. So he said, I'm not a two-time MVP. I've never made first-team All-NBA. I've never won anything. So why is there pressure on me to do something where there are guys that have won a bunch of MVPs and haven't done anything either? Okay. Yep. Can I answer Mr. Embiid's question there? Yes. Give us an emotional answer. So, Joel, you'd like to know why. Number one, saying shit like this puts a target on your back. And two, you have had some pretty damn good teams over there in Philadelphia with some seriously, seriously good players and you have done absolutely nothing with those opportunities. Taking shots at Jokic like that, saying, oh, he's a two-time MVP, blah, blah, blah. Um, you've been in the league longer than Jokic. You have made the playoffs more times than Jokic and done nothing with it. That's why there's expectations. That's why there's pressure. 
and to be honest, people are saying, oh, if Jokic wins three in a row, he has to, he has to at least make the finals. Sure. He, sh- he probably should be making the finals this year. But that same pressure applies to Embiid, where, what like, what's next? Harden's only going to get a year older. Mm-hmm. The team, like, I, I, I don't know. I just, it's, it just contradicts a lot of things he's said in the past, and the expectations are there for any, for either of these young guys. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I just think it's a bit of a silly thing to say and then, like, try and pass the blame off to someone else. Like, bro, everyone's got this pressure. You and Jokic more than most other players in the league, but you've still got that pressure. You can't just say there's nothing there because you just want to say there's nothing there. Yeah, so let's move Jokic to the side for a second here and just look at Embiid. So he's never made it out of the second round. Um, understanding that, yes, there's that Kawhi buzzer beater in there, but still, never made it out of the second round. Um, Joel Embiid, last five playoffs. So, players' stats in the playoffs tend to be inflated because they're playing more minutes, because the games are more important. So, his minutes have increased by, on average, two and a half, three minutes in the playoffs. His playoff stats for his career are 24 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists. Working backwards from last year, last year in the playoffs, Embiid put up 23, 10.7 and 2 on 48% from the field. That was a decrease on his averages from the regular season by over 7 points a game, by over a rebound a game. The year before that, 2020-21, he put up 28-10-3, the same numbers as his regular season. 19-20 is the only year that he's had any form of increase, increase just to scoring. In 2018-2019, his playoff numbers, a decrease in scoring by 7 points a game and a decrease in rebounds by 3 points a game. And then 2017-2018, another decrease in scoring by a point. Mm. Embiid's fourth quarter averages in the playoffs, 5.4 points, 2.4 rebounds, half an assist on 42.9% shooting and 23% from three. The reason Mm. why there is pressure on Joel Embiid this year in particular is because... His last five years in the playoffs have been marred by disappointment, by his own game struggling. He's not as effective. His numbers back that up. And he struggles in the big moments, particularly in the fourth quarter, whether that is not taking shots or missing shots or getting turnovers. That's why there is pressure on Joel Embiid this year. There's yeah. no there's no other reason why your numbers should decrease by that much, especially when you're playing more minutes. Um, want me to keep going? Because I've got the Jokic comparison here as well. Um, yeah, well, just to add on to that, this is, in that same time, he's also on to his third All-NBA teammate. Yeah, so who else did he have? Harden, 
Harden, Butler, and Ben Simmons. I mean, he's had a few few different good teams. Uh, th- that that Philly team with um, Simmons and Butler was very good. They were that, very unlucky. That, that, yeah, very very unlucky. But hey, it's all part of it. It is. It is for sure. Now, okay, bringing Jokic back into the picture. Everybody knows, you know, he hasn't had all NBA teammates. He hasn't even got an all uh, uh, had an All Star teammate, or at least a current All Star teammate. The thing with Jokic is he tends to elevate his game in the playoffs. So playing, again, approximately three minutes more per game. Last year, 21-22, averaged 31, 13, and 6 assists, 57% field goals, an increase of 4 points per game scoring. Um, A trend I did notice, just um, disclosure here, is Jokic's assists do... Go down yep. a little bit, but that's yep. because he's forced to score more. Mm-hmm. Um, As he should, because he's one of the most efficient players in the league. Exactly. Um, 2020-2021, he increased his scoring by three points. 2019 and 2020, he increased his scoring by five and a half points. 2019-2020, increased his scoring by five points. His fourth quarter stats, 5.7 points, so slightly more than Embiid. More rebounds and double the assists, but the key here is 50% field goal and 39% from three, 89% from the free throw line. Jokic is there in those big moments. He gets better in the playoffs. He elevates in the playoffs. He's done more with less. Yes, Jokic still has pressure on him because of the MVPs, absolutely. But Embiid has pressure on him for his own reasons. I mean, yeah, look, beautif- beautifully said, man. Thanks for doing the deep dive. No no worries. Had, um, had to be done. I, I just felt compelled. I yeah. felt compelled when I saw that quote. I was like, oh, well, come well, on. I mean, it's, it, it's interesting. It is a very interesting debate at the moment. Um, and look, that it's, it's no secret that Jokic gets better in the playoffs. That is like clear to anyone who's ever watched him in the playoffs. Yes, his assists go down, but if he's scoring more at this efficient rate, mm-hmm. I don't like that's like that's clear that his assists go down. It's not like there's some reason that he's getting shut down or anything. He's doing it because he is just incredible at scoring. Um yeah. and he needs to sometimes. Like look at some of these teams that have trotted out around him i always say facundo campazzo and austin rivers were the starting guards in one <laughs> of his playoff runs yeah last year I think that was. you think he's gonna assist to those guys not you not you but people yeah. no he's gonna score more and he's always proven to be a guy that steps up i mean goddamn man two three one comebacks in a row ate the clippers for breakfast in that second <laughs> one he was insane and he is always insane in the playoffs. Yes, there's pressure, but the pressure on Embiid, not only is there pressure to win, there's pressure to perform. Just mm. bare minimum, play to your level that you've been playing into in the regular season. So yeah, so sticking on the topic of pressure, which players do you think have the most pressure on them these playoffs? Because Out of anyone? I, 
Yeah, out of, out of all the players, because I think in the top five, Jokic, Embiid, and Harden are in the top five. Mm-hmm. Just off the dome here, I think the next two are probably KD and Chris Paul. Yep. I'd say those um, two. And then outside of that, you're probably, I think you're maybe looking at Tatum, potentially. Yeah, they're still ahead of schedule, though, you know, theoretically as schedules go. But yeah, I I, I do agree with that because he was, wasn't amazing in the finals last year. But like the Grizzlies, they're too young. They don't have pressure. The Kings, nah. The Clippers, for sure. Yeah. There's, there's some pressure there. But hey, with Paul George being as injured as he is right now, um, it is what it is. The Warriors, I think they kind of snagged an extra ring last year. You know, no they've been there and done it. There's pressure on the Wolves, but those those guys aren't the super, same superstars as those other guys we mentioned. And then, then just looking at the East, I mean, this is a very new Cavs team, somewhat new Knicks team. Um, the Heat have already overachieved for their level of, level of talent. Um, maybe there's some pressure on Trey Young, but again, he's not the same level of superstar. So I, you know, Embiid, Jokic, James Harden, up there, top three guys yeah. with the most pressure on them. Definitely. A hundred percent. Yes. I just think that quote's silly. I like, he's, it's like, it's so clear that he knows that there's a lot of pressure and he's just trying to downplay it. So when he does mm. inevitably lose before making it to the finals, he can say, well, no, I, I feel fine. There was never no pressure anyway. Um, anyway, like, yeah, it's it's a good debate, but can we just circle back to the actual debate for a second? As much as I'm a massive Nuggets fan and, you know, it can be fun to hate. Well, not to hate, but, you know. you To criticise. To criticise, yeah, it's a good way to put it. Um, people don't know how to act. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of like horrendous comments I am seeing online about these two guys, like not many people elevate the other dude. I, I think Embiid is bloody awesome. He's he has been so good this year and not You're just only- those two. We got another dude who is the best player on the best team in the league. Who's averaging 31 points. It's another it's a, it's another part yep. of it. There's we got some great talent in the league, but the point I'm getting to here is I don't think a lot of today's NBA fans, myself included, have been around for a playoff, uh sorry, an MVP race this close and people mm-hmm. don't people are, are just like miffed with how to act. They just don't understand. Like the closest I mean, you can maybe say Russ and Harden all those years ago where yeah, Russ won. It hasn't been a three three horse race like this for a while. I mean, I think the closest, even between two guys before this, I looked up MVP voting. What I think will be the closest where votes are less than 65% in one way, it's probably 2005 when Steve Nash won his first MVP. Him and Shaq, it was like yep. 55% to 45% first place well, votes. Yeah. So like, it's been a while since there's been an MVP race like this. And like, it's just like that people don't know how to handle it. Nuggets fans included, Sixers fans included, like neutral fans who 
to be honest, a lot of these people saying these things would have made up their minds three months ago on who should have <laughs> won MVP and nothing any of these guys can do will sway that. Yep. And the events of the past couple of days uh, is only one game. You know, as much as the storyline is impactful, it is only one game. Mm. Um, and the pressure that, you know, I'm saying is on Embiid and on your general, all these guys, it only exists because they're that good. Mm. You know, like, you know, who doesn't have pressure on them? Who's an example? You know, like, Bam Adebayo, you know, doesn't have the same level of pressure as Joel Embiid. Bam's bloody good, but it's, he's just, he's not as good as Joel Embiid, and so he doesn't have the same level of pressure. It's just, that's how sport works. Well, I mean... Yeah, the the greater you are, the more expectations there are to continue to be great. And part of that is winning. Whether that, you know, it doesn't, it, in the end, it doesn't matter if your teammates shoot you out of a game or <laughs> if Kawhi Leonard hits the most improbable buzzer beater on your head of all time. Like that stuff, sure, you can say it's unlucky or sure, you can deflect the blame. But in the end, it's still pressure on you because if you're at that level, you should be able to dig your team out of that hole. You should be able to put your team in a position to where if Kawhi hits that buzzer beater, the Raptors are still down one. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you got it. like when you're this good, that's how good the expectations are. Um, yeah. Exactly. I agree with you. Now, I think an underrated part of this Joel sitting out this, you know, important game, a winnable game against the Nuggets, is that we both picked them to take the two seed. Um, They've now lost three in a row. The Cavs actually went on a little winning streak there, and they're only two games um, behind the Sixers now. Um, Mobley has increased his scoring. Um, but just looking at strength of schedule, so Philly, they've got seven games left against the Bucks, the Celtics, the Nets, the Heat, the Hawks, the Raptors, and the Mavericks. So tough. You're you're looking at how many is that? That's six teams that are guaranteed, you know, in the play-in in the East, and then the Dallas Mavericks who have Luca. So Luca and Kyrie and, you know, theoretically could win any game. By contrast, the Cavs are facing the Knicks, the Hornets, the Pacers, and the Magic twice. So for Cleveland, that could be four wins, one loss. Could be five wins. Um, and I'm just, you know, like... Have Philly possibly underestimated the importance of Cleveland being so close to them? Uh, well, yeah, by the looks of things, yeah. I thought it was pretty locked up that they were going to get the three seed, but... Yeah, well, we know, thought it was going to be the two, but... Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, they, they have. They have, because the difference between... The three seed and the four seed is like pretty pretty big in the east, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it's the difference between facing the Knicks, who 
are good. And um, the Nets, although I'm not too sure, will Miami automatically take the sixth seed if they clinch in division? Is that how it works? I I don't know. I thought that wasn't a thing anymore, but I could be wrong. Yeah, maybe. I'm not too sure either. But anyway, so, okay, so if Cleveland win four more games, that puts them at 52 wins. So does Philly win... Um, four games out of their, those remaining seven. I mean, absolutely they could, but it's definitely um, put them in, put them under a bit more pressure than they needed to be. Not that they feel pressure. <laughs> well, their star player doesn't, for, for sure. Um, what else is there to talk about in the East? I mean, the Bulls, seven and three in their last ten. Looks yeah, like I, I got something right last episode. Yeah, apologies to all Bulls fans. Um, from that moment, I said how bad the Bulls look. They have looked good. And another Playing team Pats that you don't... us a moment. Yep. Oh. How Pat. good was that? <laughs> the little baby <laughs> hook over Bron, giving him the too little, and then still giving him the too, too little, waiting for Bron to turn around. Oh, that was a great yeah. moment there. I, I don't know what pissed me off more, the fact that he did that or the actual quality of LeBron's defense on that position. Like, that was a big, big game, a big moment in that big game, and it was a pretty half-ass contest mm. over someone that is way littler than you. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was it's cool to see LeBron back. Um, yeah, there was a little got... bit of a flurry of controversy um, when both Woj and Shams, um, the head reporters, said that he was you know, eyeing a return in the next couple of weeks and then he comes out saying, I speak for myself and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Then it's announced he's um, he's going to play the next game. Comes off the bench for the second time in his career. You're missing something very important here. He went and saw the LeBron James of feet. Oh, I was, yep, I was getting to that. That was in the post-game interview. Oh, was it? Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. It was in the post-game interview, and they were talking about him coming back, and he said two doctors told him to have season-ending surgery, but he went to the LeBron James of feet, and he was told he could play. Um, Damn. Yeah, we're, we're the LeBron James of podcasts. <laughs> I want to meet the LeBron James of feet. Oh, is it of feet or of foot doctors? Of feet. Oh, was, just a feat in general. That was that was what the quote was. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, I want yeah. to meet this I'm, person. I'm guessing he's meaning <laughs> meaning a um a foot doctor. Um, but uh, who's who's the MJ of feet? And who's the Kareem of feet? I need to know. LeBron needs to put out his feet power rankings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he must change change practices every now and again. Um, this top feet doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, cool to see him back. Um he's he's quite a polarizing player at this stage of his career. Like um the Lakers have been rolling, they've been playing real good. Austin Reeves doing wonders. Um Vanderbilt A D doing wonders. But then, you know, LeBron comes back and A D takes nine fucking shots. Bro, I was that got me hated, man. <laughs> like and I would expect him to take 20 shots if Vooch was there because Vooch can't defend anything. But Vooch wasn't even there and they don't have anyone better. Like, that should be an 80-40 bomb every day of the week, you know? 
It's oh, disappointing, man. Look, I, they're, they're playing again tomorrow. I hope um, AD is a bit more aggressive. He he does that, eh? He yeah. He has these games that he just doesn't show, and maybe maybe it's true. Maybe LeBron has a negative impact on him in some some ways like that. Well, who, I mean, they only they they've got fourteen wins and fifteen losses when they play together. Yep. It's it um. Hasn't been the dominant duo you'd yeah. expect. But, but ha- have you seen the stuff with their free throws? The the fact that they've taken like 120 more free throws than um, it's like 260 more free throws than their opponents. Yeah, in the last uh, since like, the Jason Tatum missed call. Yeah, yeah since LeBron had his had his tantrum. tantrum. Um, yeah, Austin that's... Reeves has been shooting a lot of them. Yeah, he gets Who? it. Austin Reeves. That's who. Oh, you mean you mean James Harden, who's slipped on a Lakers jersey? No, I'm talking about Austin Reeves, um, the player that controls the ball very nicely. He's like a six-six combo guard. Okay, let's stop. We're not. We're not, we're not getting into your your Austin Reeves fantasy. Okay, yeah, I know. I know who he is. That was a joke. He he did. I, I actually. Googled it. He did draw like six or seven free throws a game in college, which is up there for for college numbers. Um, so you know, man's has a penchant for contact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess, like that's we shouldn't be surprised that the Lakers have shot nearly double the. F- I don't know how to... I, I think it's, yeah, like, the next team that shot... I think Philly is, like, third third in the list of... Free throw t- differential, t- let's call yeah, it. Yeah, and it's and the Lakers are, like, double them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but... It's insane. Yeah, it is. I mean, we need all the help we can get. I'm not going to complain. Um, <laughs> a team that does do a lot of complaining and has a lot of reason to do a lot of complaining that we need to get to before we wrap things up is the Dallas Mavericks. Yes. We're not going to let it slide. No. Two not of the most, the two of the worst fucking losses in the whole year. And the same week they lost to the Hornets twice. Mm-hmm. PJ Washington is looking like Michael Jordan out there. Mm, He's got the I, MJ face mask. It's more like Giannis, in my opinion. He had like 43 today, eh? <laughs> <laughs> But... It's, oh, the Mavericks, that, like, it's just not good, eh? Like, it's, mm. it's so, it's so sad. You know, like, I don't think we need to bring up the whole, like, they could have had Jalen Brunson and, and all of that. It's just, like, Luca and Kyrie, so talented in offense, but they're, like, three and nine together or something crazy like that. It's, yeah. Um, one of the losses to the Hornets was the biggest upset of the season yeah by the way uh hornets were 16 point under 16 16 point underdogs and won um this is the hornets without lamello um yep. they're bad they are tanking they should not be winning that game anyway mavs um yeah the the concerns that everyone had actually turned out to be true they have no bench they traded away their best defender what, who else can no score big. on this team? They've got no big. No big. They've got JaVale McGee, who, oh, yeah, that's a fantastic signing. 
Has he played over 15 minutes in no. a game this season? Just and, yeah, Christian Woods just not playable with the other two, and you no. need to have the other two. Yeah. It's pretty dreadful, man. I just, like, this is... There are, like, massive implications here if they miss the play-in. Not even the yeah. playoffs, the so, play-in. So their pick is top 10 protected. Yeah. Um, if it's outside the top 10, it goes to the Knicks. So they're at a, a huge crossroads here because one option is they tank, try get a top 10 pick, and go from there. But then they owe a pick to the Knicks in one of the next three years, I think it is. And that means that it sort of it log jams their future mm. and what they can do in the future. So the other flip side is they keep pushing. I mean, you got to try. They've got to try get Kyrie to re-sign or at least sign and trade, um, and you know hope that that pick goes to the Knicks this year in like the you know twelve or thirteen range. Um, but I and think that, well that fr- if that happens that frees up a lot. And like as you said, in the future, and they can trade away a pick for yeah. a couple role players or yeah. a backup center, things like that. like that. Yeah. Who do you think is going to miss the play-in out of this group? Because Utah's gone, I think. You know, they're they're you know a, a game and a half back on the ten spot at the moment. Um, you know, do you think the Pelicans are going to going to drop all the way back down with their schedule coming up? Yes. I mean, you, yes. you think that's going to be the same? I, oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. You I think the Pelicans are going to miss out mm. and the Mavs will move in. I don't know the order that it will be, but I think that's that's, that's the group yeah. of teams we're going to get. There's going to be some really fun games there to decide those last couple of seeds, eh? Mm-hmm. Like, really fun games. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, with with the Wolves... The Lakers, the Thunder, Mavericks, like, it's going to be good. Yeah, man. A couple of weeks it, to go. Yeah, and we're getting closer and closer and closer to play in Shea. Mm. Oh, I cannot I wait. wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. I really hope they make a push because, in my eyes, this is going to be impacting all NBA. Um, yeah. I'm real. I'm. I haven't been as fizzed to do my all NBA teams as I am at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. A few things are going to go into it, but I mean, any other season, I think we'd probably be talking about our all NBA picks now, mm. but because of how close it is, um, I do think it is going to have an impact, you know, like the fact that Dame's chucked it in, they're now 11 games under 500, one and nine in their last 10. Dame's been shut down for the season. Okay, cool. He's averaged like 30 points a game for the year, had the best season of his career. But can you really give him an all-NBA spot when you've got so many other guards with teams that are making the playoffs or the play-in or pushing and being competitive? I mean, bro, it it really just depends what you weigh up because you can look on the other hand and say... Steph, Steph is going to be like really lacking in games this year. At what point do you draw the line? There's a lot to go into it. And it's an interesting season where I think you are going to see a lot of those 
dudes who traditionally wouldn't make it because of team record, because of games played. Like they like normally normally someone who doesn't who plays that amount of games would just not even be considered. But I think this year you're gonna see those factors ignored mm. a little bit. Which is exciting. Like I wanna see Shea make first team all NBA. How yeah. sick would that be? And I think he has a legitimate shot at it. But, I, I agree. It's, and what other year has a tenth seed had a first team all NBA guy? Well, the other thing is like Luca as well, because yeah. for so long it was you know he was the lock, mm. and you know you almost and Shea was sort of you know can you give it to him because his team's not that good and now that, now that Dallas is down there as well, if Luca's still the lock, then that means you have to give it to Shea because his stats are just as good. Yeah. Um. Really yeah. interesting. Really, yeah. really interesting. Um, that's a little bit of a preview of what's to come. Yeah, and that. just on that note quickly, um, that's also why we haven't set our MVP picks. We talked about MVP, but mm. still holding off because, like, as we covered for, like, 20 minutes, it's still so bloody close, and these yeah. games could could decide it. Yeah, we've got a couple of things planned um, we want to do a big deep dive on all of this. Um, yeah, the only other thing is the Grizzlies are looking good. Jar's back. Mm. They've won seven in a row. Yeah. Um, reminding everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. He's so good. But anyway, we'll get into into all of that um, within the next couple of weeks. We're probably not going to speak again before the regular season finishes. Mm. But we will do a big, big roundup. Um, all NBAs, our awards, some proper awards, not our Christmas awards, as well as our play-in previews, playoff previews. It's all coming up. Follow our Instagram and Twitter at BoxedOutPod. Thank you. Thank you very much, everyone. Stay tuned. The Pipeline has our first guest coming up. You'll hear more about that later. Goodbye. <laughs>